Welcome to the Teacher Interview Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Creasel. I work as Director of Innovation and Instructional Support in Fullerton School District, and we are now in Season 4 of the podcast, where we get to know teachers better. Our themes this season are passion, drive, and determination. Join me. Today we spend time with Molly Esquivel, who teaches 7th and 8th grade science at Ladera Vista Junior High School of the Arts. Here we go. Molly, this is the real deal. We're live. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So um, you came over. You're at Ladera Vista today. Mm-hmm. How was your day? Today was a day. <laughs> today was a day. Oh, God. My favorite part about teaching junior high is that every day is different. Yeah. The kids stay the same, but they come in in completely different moods, completely yeah. different personalities. And today was a day they had me just hysterically laughing at their little personalities. I love it. And you have five periods? Six periods. Six periods. Mm-hmm. Seventh and eighth grade science. Those mm-hmm. are two different preps. Correct. Okay. So tell me, it's been a long time since I've been a seventh grader or eighth grader. I remember things like, oh, we did American government in this, but I don't remember how science was broken up. Mm-hmm. What's it look like? So at the when we were school? kids, science was broken up. So sixth grade was earth science, seventh grade was life science, and eighth grade was physical science. It's all coming back to me. Yes. And the textbook <laughs> was red, green, and blue. <laughs> now, however, it's completely integrated. So I teach I, I teach it all. Like that's yes. wrong. Because yeah. that's I, not the way I was raised. I know, I know. Well teachers do what tend do to teach how they were taught. What do I think? I love it as a teacher. Mm-hmm. And I think the kids really do like it because okay. if you're not into earth science, for example, that year could year. be drudgery for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. So it is nice for them to have it, you know, mixed up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But also sometimes it's hard to pivot. So one moment we'll be talking about mm. rocks, and now we're talking about chemistry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's sometimes the transitions are a little rough. Yeah. But it does keep the year moving at a at a nice pace. Do you find that you have to, or how do you help signal <laughs> students like we're going from mm-hmm. chemical equations or chemistry mm-hmm. to more like rocks? Like, do you find? things that are helpful for students to make those transitions? Mm -hmm. So I talk about what the science is. So I usually talk about the root words. Mm. So we all know ology is Mm -hmm. the study of. And then I define what geo is. So earth, the study of earth. But now we're moving on to chemistry. (laughs) (laughs) And then we talk about, well, this is a branch of science in which we we study the micro worlds. So mm. we studied the natural world, the way things are as we see them. Yeah. Let's talk about now why that is on a micro level, the micro scale. What and do you so, find students interested in? Mm, the nowadays? same thing that adults are. So the the <laughs> same. I know it's it's amazing. See, and this is what draws teachers to the profession is that they're really no different. Um, the same thing that happens with adults, the the adults that are interested in earth science and physics can't stand 
bio and chemistry. Oh. <laughs> and the kids are no different. Yeah. They're absolutely no different. They love, the kids love the chemistry, and the kids love looking at rocks. Yeah. I remember when I was a kid, I had a little rock collection. and. Oh, my God, I did, too. See? The kids are no different. They don't change. You know, yeah, our world like changes um, so much. I don't know. seems like if you have a rock collection, I don't say this about you, but about myself, I don't know that I was a... Um, you know, the mover and shaker at the parties. Oh, I was no, more no. an introvert and mm-hmm. looking at like mm-hmm. some rocks and geos. Yeah, and but like we that. change a little. I was very, very, very shy. Like Were hide you? behind my mom at the grocery store shy. Don't okay. look at me. Don't talk to me. Yeah. And now I'm, you know, stand on the stage yeah. every day. Yeah. And so we change a little bit. And yeah. I still have my rocks. <laughs> we can That's be so both. Funny. We can That's be funny. both. <laughs> That's so great. So, so the students like they study the the micro. Is that what you call it, mm, or kind of like the, the micro chemistry? scale? Yeah, mm-hmm. interesting. What's your favorite area? Oh, of geology all the way. Really, geology oh, the rocks. all of the way. Absolutely. That's so cool. Okay, so walk us back through where have you been? Was your teaching kind of career? Where did you start? Where are you now? Um, how long has it been? Mm-hmm. What What have you mm-hmm. seen? What have you done? <laughs> uh, I'm the youngest of three. Okay. And was always the one being taught things and never had the opportunity to be the teacher. Okay. But I always knew. I always knew. I lined up all my stuffed animals and taught them. My, oh, you were you my were that best math lesson. Yes. Yes. Math back then? No, sure, sure. Okay. Two plus two. It's two always been four. You have to know this. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I grew up in a really small town. There were three elementary schools, one junior high, okay. one high school. Wow. And so we all... Where was this? This was in San Latahunga in the San Fernando Valley. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So our north. Yeah. And, um, you know, we knew each other from the time we were in kindergarten yeah. to the yes. time we graduated. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew everybody's business. Yeah. And <laughs> I needed to get out. I gotta go. Because everybody... Um, Went to Cal State Northridge. Okay. So I kind of took a... a little more of a picture. What kind of music were you into? Me? Yeah. Oh, goodness. Uh, I really love ska music. Ska. Reggae okay. music. What kind of band? Ska Band? Music. Yeah. Oh, um, like Real Big Fish. Okay. Less Than Jake. Yes. Uh... But, you know, I also love rock, too. I'm super into, you know, like Queen, like my, you know, classic rock. Was K-Rock K-Rock, yeah. K-Rock. I would go to Almost Acoustic. Yes, it was. I would go to Almost Acoustic Christmas every every winter. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. That was our thing. Um, But I took a leap of faith, went right to Cal State Fullerton, and took two trains and a bus. What? Yeah, I commuted. No. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Commuted. What was that like? Hell. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like hours on a train. Yeah, it was hours. But what's fascinating is my bus, bus number 26, <laughs> would ride right by Ladera Vista every single day. Okay. Wow. And I would think, oh, man, it would be really amazing to teach there one day. No way. Yes, I would. What? Yes, I would. Wow. And I ended up begging my advisor if I could student teach in junior high okay and she said if you could find two other people to do it with you you can and I did oh wow and I got placed at Ladera Vista wow 
And that's amazing. I never left. <laughs> so you went from student teaching there at Cal State Fullerton to mm-hmm. then right away finding. A I got position. one job for one year at a private school. Okay. Cleared my credential. Yeah. And then, in a very odd twist of fate, the long-term sub and slash student teacher for another teacher just bowed out from the job offer at the last minute. Oh wow. And they called me. Wow. Said, I need you to come in tomorrow and do a demo lesson. I said, okay, oh my I'll gosh. be there. Oh, my gosh. That's so wild. It has been an incredible, incredible story. I feel very grateful to be here. So let's go to Ladera Vista the first year. I think you told me when you walked in, we we're talking about Irene Kim, who's mm-hmm. somebody I reached out to. You said you met her the year you started at Ladera mm-hmm. Vista. Okay, so she has given us some quotes some words about you so I'm going to dip into those um, so she says you're passionate about teaching and education and above all you're passionate about people mm. tell me like how what does that distinction mean to you she says a little bit more so I'm going to add that after but what do you you care about people you care about teaching but above all you're passionate about people what does that mean I love people <laughs> I love I mean you got a glimpse of when I walked into this building I just yeah you connected with Kelsey mm -hmm. yeah immediately I feel like that's so different than the introvert you described yeah I told you people change let's go to (laughs) psychology here or therapy when did that change like do you know when you went from introvert to like I will gravitate to and connect with people Mm, I think my career as a server helped a little bit <laughs> where okay, you are you, forced. Where did you work? I worked at Chevy's in Anaheim Hills. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they are no longer in business. <laughs> you had nothing to do with that. No, I'm no, sure. no. Nothing to do with that. Um, okay, so being in that. Yeah, I think when you're thrown to the wolves and are forced to f- confront that yeah. kind of fear of yours. Yeah, right you'd kind of slowly learn to interact with people and over time and even as a teacher you know you sit on the other side of tables with parents and you just come out of your shell or you don't and I did and I feel like every conversation that I have with people makes me somehow a better teacher because mm. I think about the things that they say and how that applies back to the classroom. Mm-hmm. This person sees the world this way. How can I foster that in my room? So I'm going to add a little bit more from Irene. Mm-hmm. She says, more above all, Molly is passionate about people. She sees all of you if that makes sense and cares so deeply, this is displayed in her warm and kind nature and in her involvement with students. So it's interesting, you were talking about the conversation is not just to get to point B, but you can learn about teaching from what those people, so is that is that a valid connection to seeing all of you or is there more, does she mean something else? How I do you feel when she says, it seems so deep. <laughs> She sees all of you. I do. I do. Well, and I mean, my husband laugh all the time because any trip for me to the store takes hours. 
I don't know what. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. No, but I don't I know just... what it is. I don't know what it is because I don't ask for this either. <laughs> I don't mind it. Yeah. And I grew to love it because at first it's like, oh, my God, someone stopped me and told me their whole life story. <laughs> wow. I don't know what it is. Wow. I don't know what it is. And I tell my cousin that, too, and she's like, oh, my gosh, my mom's the same way, which is my aunt. Yeah. Like, they will just stop and say, what is, what, blah, 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 blah. And I say, oh, I'm a teacher. And then they'll they'll immediately dive in. Right. It's some weird, That's like, comfort thing, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Awesome. And then we just strike up conversation, strike conversation. And, and four hours later you go home. With yeah, the, with my bag of groceries. Yeah. <laughs> and then my husband will say, oh, would you learn about so-and-so today? And be like, oh, my gosh, they told me their whole life story, like literal yeah. whole life story. Wow. How do you – because we, we also talked about <laughs> you know, coming to the podcast studio on a field trip, and then you reminded me like with six periods and mm-hmm. 200 students – it's not the same as bringing a sixth grade class or something like that. When you're that kind of listener, mm. how do you balance that with a room full of students who need your attention? Mm. That's what's, a really good question. What's that feel like for you? That's hard. Mm. And I'm glad you recognized that because not everybody recognizes that. That's very difficult. And there are days where you kind of do have to put the content to the side. And you need to recognize Mm. that this student needs more of my attention than what the curriculum is worth. Mm. Because this student is in dire straits. This student needs somebody to talk to. Right. And if they're in such desperation to speak in the middle of a classroom surrounded yeah. by their peers in junior high yeah. yeah you must recognize that that is a moment of vulnerability for a junior high boy yeah or a junior high girl right. both are amazingly right. vulnerable positions yeah. to be in yeah so not only do they feel the safety to do that but they feel the safety to do that with you And so I think recognizing that and realizing that you have to capitalize on those moments. And maybe that's what Miss Kim meant by she sees people. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes the day is more important with the person than with the material. Yeah. I was just looking at one of the questions we asked is, um, Bonus feedback, like anything mm. else you want us to know. She said there are so many great things to say about Molly. She is a truly great counselor and listener. Um, and let's say we're not talking about students, but peer-to-peer, like your relationship with Irene. What is, what's that balance of counselor and listener? Because you, you know, you usually associate counseling with giving advice or talking and listening mm-hmm. with not talking. So, like, when you're with colleagues, what – well, first of all, does counselor, does that fit? I was just going to say, please let me declare that I am not a licensed counselor. Because <laughs> I was just thinking, I was like, you're so – like, you connected with Kelsey and all this, and you're kind of the, the person you are connecting with people. I was like – I read that, and I was like, oh, I wonder if you've ever thought about being a counselor. Mm. And then it doesn't seem like – No, I would never, <laughs> ever take that on. I'm too emotional to take that on. Mm. These are supposed to be just moments of passing. Mm. 
feel-good moments in the time, and then I walk <laughs> away. <laughs> I don't want to see you again in my office at a scheduled time. Right. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> so then back to the question about just being with colleagues and being mm. counselor, listener, what is, does that, do you feel like, yeah, I do, I do counsel my colleagues? I don't ever see, I you don't, don't see look it, at myself. Which is probably great. Yeah, I don't because see myself, and I now I'm. You're making me wonder: Do people view me that way? <laughs> oh my God! Do you people have to talk about do people in their minds think, "Oh, I'm gonna go see Molly for this"? Is that a thing? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna have to ask Irene. Well, let me let me add this. She says I always go to her to seek advice and feedback, even though I've been teaching longer than she has. Mm. She is so knowledgeable beyond her young years. Mm, nice. I also love that Molly acknowledges <laughs> and celebrates all. Of the positives in your life her words make you feel seen and important she has mm. a big heart and contagious laugh wow that's so nice that was really I nice i wish somebody would say that about me can you about print anybody. that out and <laughs> I, will, I will send this to you i definitely send this to you wow. so she did say twice about making people feel seen yeah that's great that was really special yeah uh, she does mention something else. Now that we're on Irene, co-writing an article? Mm. Is that is that something recent or way back? Tell me about that. Um, I'm currently in a doctoral program. Okay. That came up several times yes. in our, uh, oh. our research. Yes. I, uh, I'm getting well, a doctorate in educational leadership. Okay. Uh, Enjoying it? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was one of the things I think Bill Lynch, uh, Principal of La Dera Vista, said, genuine lifelong learner. Mm -hmm. So even in, a, I associate doctorate programs with some have-tos, like not always the things you wanted to learn, but you're going to have to do some things. Mm -hmm. But genuine lifelong learning, even in the doctorate program? Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Okay, some so things I like so, more than others. Tell but. Me more about, <laughs> what do you like about it? Um... I've never been more immersed in the world of education in my entire life. Mm -hmm. Even though it's something that I've always been studying, so to speak. I mean, even as a young girl, I would always just watch the teacher. I never really spent, <laughs> I know, I never really spent so much time listening to what they were saying. I just kind of watched what they were doing. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. Wow. I've always wanted this. Yeah. And uh, I just remember studying more of their style yeah. than what they were actually saying. Do you have a, a teacher that fascinated you or you mm -hmm. thought they did something special? Mm -hmm. Two. Tell, yeah, tell us about my that. My kindergarten and my second grade teacher. You were studying your kindergarten? Yes, I was. Tell me. Totally was. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I totally was. What? I don't know. She just gracefully moved around the room and she had the most captivating stories and was so patient mm. and was just I mean don't don't I describe a kindergarten teacher right now <laughs> that's great and my second grade teacher she her room was like an immersive experience okay she the rainforest unit that we did yeah. was like living in the rainforest oh wow and she had a parent come in and install misters in the room what? Yes. Okay, I just got I know. chills. Like, I who know. thinks of that? I know. 
what she was amazing. So when you're talking about immersive, you're... It was an immersive experience. That's but it, we were all a part of it. <laughs> yeah. Except for the misters. But <laughs> but every so often, the room would start misting. And we, <laughs> as eight-year-olds, what? were... <gasps> it was magic. Yeah. It was magic. But she could also... Like quilts, her own quilts, and she would bring them in, and she would talk about them, and wow. she just brought her soul into the room. And I remember thinking, I want to be like her. I want to be like her. And so, like I said, I I watched my teachers more than listened to right. them, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. And so I carry a part of them yeah. with me, and each each one I had, I just kind of picked up more and more and more. Yeah. So tell me, what do you think you would point out in your own classroom that reminds you of something from those teachers or something you've consciously tried to bring to your classroom, either immersive experience or Mm -hmm. kindness or stories or what do you think you're like, oh, this is kind of from that experience. And then the part B is like, what do you think you introduced into your classroom that maybe you hadn't ever seen? Mm. It's just part of you. That you just yeah that's just how you are not something you brought in from mm-hmm. I think education has spent so much time parsing out the sage on the stage and guide on the side right. mantras yeah. that I think as teachers typically do they teach as they were taught mm-hmm. and when I was a student it was very much um sage on the stage and I have kind of found struck a really great balance of that you know there's nothing wrong with direct instruction Mm -hmm. there is absolutely nothing wrong with direct instruction and when your kids see you up there doing your thing they either I don't know see you as an authority or they see you as something else (laughs) and that's up to you to decide Mm. and to answer part two that's kind of what I've brought I've brought personality Mm. and so my teachers were just kind of the literal defined sage on the stage like authoritarian like Mm. you will listen to me and I demand your respect I do remember those yeah (laughs) totally and I think you know we learned from that and realized it's relationships first Mm -hmm. before you can be that quote-unquote sage on the stage you've got to foster those relationships otherwise that direct instruction will fall on deaf ears right yeah um, let me hop into another quote. Um, we're going to shift topics. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, somebody called you a force of nature. Mm. That was your husband. Absolutely, he did. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, what does that mean? What does that mean? A force of nature? Oh, jeez. Molly is a force of nature. She cannot be stopped. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just saying this as her husband. She's committed with her heart and soul to ensure the future of a free and public, a fair public education. That's right. Yeah. Tell me about that. That's right. What else do you need to know? <laughs> 
I think he's spot on. I I mean, listen, I took two trains and a bus yeah. to commute to Cal State Fullerton. That's right. Why? Because they were known for their teaching program. Yeah. I am committed to yeah. providing what he said, a yeah. free and fair education for all. Yeah. And I won't stop until we get that because <laughs> that's what we deserve. What In a democracy, that? that is what we deserve. I love it. What does that look like in kind of your day-to-day? Where do you find you're pushing that commitment? Mm-hmm. Maybe other people aren't feeling the same way, mm-hmm. but you're like, no, we, we mm-hmm. need X. What, mm-hmm. what do you find that looking like? As the pedagogist, I value myself as the expert. I earned the title. I went to school. I trusted the teachers who issued me the education. Yeah. I didn't just get this from, right. you know, the dark web. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was trained by those that came before me. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe in the education that they provided me. Yeah. And you know, as we also learned lifelong learning, it hasn't gone away. Like I've continued my commitment to education yeah. and obviously with the doctorate. Yes, the absolutely. And, you know, with everything that I learn, I continue to practice. And when I feel like something is justified, I will do it. Yeah. And I will be able to argue why it was justified. I don't just do things Right. Because I was told to do something. Willy nilly. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and if I feel like it's best for my students, I will do it. Yeah. And I will justify it. So let's tap into this. I think you're, is the dissertation or the doctorate studies around increasing the impact of technology in education? Or is that something else? It is. Okay. So tell me about that. My dissertation is going to focus around the um, use of technology in the classroom. Okay. And the autonomy that teachers have in terms of the integration of technology in the classroom. Okay. And so my study will focus on how much autonomy teachers have when technology is integrated into the classroom. And their feelings around the integration of technology in the classroom and where that is headed. Yeah. So as a newbie, not having been in a... Um, that's actually, I was in a doctoral program. I just didn't finish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was for English. But do you have a presupposition, like where you think this is going? Or are you supposed to be like a documentarian? Like, I have no bias. I'm just recording. Well, as a quality researcher, that's you're not me. supposed to have any bias. Okay, of course. And so if I, uh, vocalize <laughs> my thoughts right now on this podcast that could be harming <laughs> okay, the outcomes of my research. <laughs> okay, no, uh, no decisions or judgments made ahead of time. But I will follow up with you on the outcomes of my research. Okay, that sounds great. That sounds great. <laughs> Do you have a particular mm-hmm. uh, thi- way you like technology to play out in your classroom? Is there something... I like technology with a purpose. Okay. And if it could benefit or aid the curriculum, then absolutely. But if you're just replacing paper with a pad, a padlet or a, I don't know, a what it flip a clip. Yeah. Is that innovative? Right. Or is it just a replacement? Right. Does that make sense? Sure. Um, So technology with a purpose, you know, there are some killer gizmos that we do in my classroom (laughs) that we literally cannot do in my classroom with the materials that are given. 
Um, killer gizmos is a new yes. term. Oh, killer gizmos is a new term. Some Help amazing me. virtual labs. Okay. Uh-huh. So like, gizmos is an online learning tool that oh, my okay. students use. Literally gizmos. Yeah, literally it's called gizmos. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. And so they're online labs. Okay. And so given the limited supplies we have in an eighth grade classroom, of course technology is yeah. going to benefit us. Right. However, if we are just replacing pen and paper with an iPad, no, yeah. that's not benefiting my students. Right. Right. So again, it goes back to what's gonna benefit my kids. Yeah. That's awesome. So do you have a a, a killer gizmo like a favorite <laughs> the students that oh they love this lab what mm. like what does that look like a good one ooh there's a mystery powder gizmo that's really good uh, a mystery powder yeah mystery gizmo. powder okay <laughs> it's for chemistry yeah and the students need to identify based on the molecular structure and the atoms what the mystery powder is. Oh. It sounds like something found at a crime scene. Yeah, sure. You have to mm-hmm. figure out what it is. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. More or less. Yeah. And there's a career connection. I absolutely. Mean, people do that. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, it's fun. Um, I'm going to – that's an interesting goal. I, should we – arts integration? I love arts integration. Because okay. you're a science teacher, so I – I thought maybe Bill Lynch had a typo here, but he says Molly has really been one of the leaders of aligning arts integration with academic curriculum. So mm-hmm. tell me about that. Well, Latera Vista Junior High School, the arts. Of the arts, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, that has always been my forte. And again, that's how I was trained as a teacher in the credential program at Cal State Fullerton. They gave us each an art journal exactly how we do at LV. Yeah. So I had my own art journal as a credential student, and hi, wow. it's amazing. Yeah, and um, you know, I remember in my history class as a credential student, we had to make our own current events page, and we used QR codes to link to the website where we found our source, and we did a summary, and that's what I've carried into the classroom. That's cool. And so I plan on doing a marbled milk experiment tomorrow, actually, with my students. Okay. Tell us about that. What is that? So this is going to be a perfect example of arts integration. We are going to do a lab called marbled milk. Okay. (laughs) It makes me think the milk is spoiled, but keep going. We will, in fact, be spoiling it. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. So a little bit of milk in in a tray, maybe 11 by 9. Yeah. And you put food coloring drops. Okay. And you dab a Q-tip in dish soap. Okay. And the soap mixes with the milk. Okay. The fatty acids in the milk. Okay. And chemistry. It, yes, chemistry. Okay. You immediately put it in the um, drops of food coloring, and it makes a big burst of color. Mm. Big, big burst yeah. of color. And then you take the Q-tip and you swirl it around Arts and marble it. Arts mm-hmm. integration. I'm getting it. And then you take some watercolor paper oh my gosh. and you put it right on top. And it absorbs into the uh-huh. paper. And you pull it out and you have this beautiful marbled paper. Oh, wow. And then we're going to take our chemistry notes on the marbled oh, paper. Oh, what? That is arts integration. So, you, wow. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, podcast listeners, there's no, <laughs> there's no like... <laughs> Uh, none of that's in front of us. She just described it with words. I can picture it. Mm-hmm. And then I can imagine if I was a student and I 
did that, and you have to let it dry overnight. Oh, yeah, overnight. Overnight, and then you're taking notes on mm-hmm. it, and then the deep connection mm-hmm. you have to the design on your paper. Yes, for it's the yours. Notes. You made it. That's cool. Wow. That's cool. Okay, I, I confess I probably haven't, um, I don't have a deep uh, reservoir of arts integration. Um, this is something you work with uh, with other teachers, or how do, how do you come up with these ideas? Are these just like you look for them, or...? Well, I think it takes a little bit of creative brain to okay. just think. I just am a creative. So you it just you, comes up in my mind. No, God, no. Okay. Not this one. <laughs> Dear God, no. God, no. <laughs> Not this one. But there are others that just kind of yeah. pop into my head. I'm yeah. like, oh, that's a good idea. I'm and you care about gonna it. going to do so that. Thinking about totally. It. Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. And then we do others called artist trading cards, I'm sure. Some listeners might. What's that? Artist trading cards. Yeah. They're just like baseball cards. Okay. So on the front, you would have your concept as a visual. Okay. So let's say I was doing, oh, goodness, Isaac Newton. Okay. And you could put Isaac Newton as a, you know, profile picture. Right. And then on the back, you could outline Newton's laws of motion. Okay. Yeah. In great detail. Yeah. As a little trading card. Yeah. And then you literally have the students trade them. So students are actually making these cards mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then they trade them. Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. I totally could yeah. see that. And it lends itself well to any content, any age, any. Oh, yeah. No, it's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So it's art, arts integration. Arts integration. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting schooled, people. Yes, this it's is amazing. Cool. I love it's it. It's amazing. That's good. And, and it seems like it would tap into something. For a lot of students who don't just naturally mm-hmm. Absolutely. love mm-hmm. chemistry, let's say. Absolutely. But then the art mm-hmm. is like a doorway right. for them. It's whole brain learning. It's yeah. right and left brain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Well, and what's amazing, too, about the marbled milk is it's not actually your artistic talent. Right. It's whatever comes on the page yeah. is your artwork. By virtue of the science. Exactly. Like the science exactly. is helping that art, yes. that pattern right. come to life. And so you often get students that are a little gun shy when you introduce yeah. art. It's like, right. oh, I'm not a good artist. No, no, I can't draw. But when you introduce concepts like this, they're safe. Yeah. So a couple of weeks ago, we made bristle bots. Cut the head. Of, we we cut the head of a toothbrush off. Okay. Attached a motor on it. Hooked it up to a battery for circuits. Okay. And we put paint down on paper, and we let our bristle bot run oh. through the paint, and yeah. then it, it the bot painted a picture for right. us. Right. Right. Our bot painted a picture for us. <laughs> and that cool. there's your art integration right there. Yeah. And so it kind of um, protects the gun shy kids from. Right. You know, like I'm not good at making mis- their little artistic mistakes. Yeah. Or, and you build their confidence up from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you begin making mistakes? I just thought about sometimes on the podcast we talked about taking risks. Like mm-hmm. how do you feel about making ris- mistakes in teaching or just in general? Like are you a perfectionist type personality? Are you more like easy come easy go mm. I'll, I'll learn tomorrow what's your personality like oh i'm a perfectionist are you through. yeah absolutely how's that play out in the classroom what in the classroom yeah. i think you have to let a lot go in junior high and i think <laughs> that actually might be one of the reasons that i love it is mm. it's a challenge to me 
Yeah. You know, and you don't ever think of uh, <laughs> like kids being so cognitively challenging, mm. but emotionally and physically challenging, <laughs> yes. <laughs> But cognitively challenging, absolutely, because mm. there is there are issues that come up, and you really have to think, "Ooh, I've got to tread this lightly," because yeah. this student will react this way, right? But this student will react this way, right? So you kind of need to meditate on it a little bit and think. Mm. It's a co- junior high is a cognitive challenge, as I'm sure yeah. some grades. I've never taught anything but junior right. high, but I'm sure maybe kindergarten would have the same. Hmm. kinds of cognitive challenges first grade i'm sure they all do to their own degree yeah. i associate junior high with student like getting disengaged from school mm-hmm. and that might look like testing the boundaries mm-hmm. like not willing to accept authority mm-hmm. like maybe younger students are more compliant right and but they, they all older, do that in such different yeah, ways yeah. that it's yeah. not predictable yeah and then you're Trying to figure out what's right. the best path forward. Right. When, My know. job is improv every single day. <laughs> I come in and I have to improv yeah. every day. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. It's totally fun. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's great. Where do, where do you see, what's next? What are you excited about? What's, what's coming up this year, oh, whatever, next goodness. year? with the doctorate Mm -hmm. i have a final exam in two weeks for my last class of the program oh wow and then i will be all but dissertation abd okay one year left and my ultimate goal is to teach future teachers i would love to teach in a credential program yeah i could see it i could see it Mm -hmm. yeah i would love to maybe dabble in a little bit of policy ed policy yeah I think, you know, having a teacher with a seat at the table would benefit, you know, the entire system. This teacher voice is lost in this sea of politics, and we've got to make a change here with that. Yeah, that's very cool. Mm -hmm. Have you had opportunities like that along the policy lines? What what does that look like? Where do you get to play in that space? Um, I am working on that as as I go. Uh, I just had the privilege of presenting at the United Nations, actually. Um, okay, say more. <laughs> yeah, I uh, of, in November did an hour workshop with some colleagues on uh, internet governance in K to twelve systems. Yeah, and how to protect the safety and security and digital privacies of children Yeah, as it pertains to um, using technology in schools Yeah, and affording more governance and support in that regard. And so this was um, on Zoom, obviously, uh, but hosted in Ethiopia. Okay. And so it was a global effort yeah. that brought together the global north and the global south. What was that experience like? Oh my God! It was a one a.m. presentation because it <laughs> because it was hosted in Ethiopia, <laughs> but I just you know I have to pinch myself and and constantly remind myself that this is really happening. And you know, as my husband says, she's a force of nature. Yeah, and you're doing it. I'm doing it, and That's in a cool. you know in a couple months I'll be presenting 
with uh, democracy and technology on a sim- similar topic. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's exciting. It is. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. What, um, let me ask you, ooh, here's, here's a fun question. I've never asked anybody, ooh. Um, but one of my favorite podcasters and interviewers um, asked this question, like, if you could put a message on a billboard that you just think most people, like, on the side of the freeway, they drive by, and they had a chance to read your message to the world, what's something you think people should know or think about or meditate on? Anything? Yeah. You've been to the United Nations. There's your life billboard. Mm, it has to be something about education. Okay. Yeah, think out loud. Just Yeah, it we're, has we're not... to be something about education. That's my that's my mission in life. Yeah. Um I really believe that education needs to be kept free and fair and public mm. and accessible to everybody yeah and free from corruption free from harm to form and protect the future of democracy yeah that's powerful Mm-hmm. That's powerful. So I would summarize that in a very brief <laughs> message. <laughs> I, think, I think we could get on the billboard. <laughs> Education needs to be free, fair, accessible, and protected. Something like that. But it has to public. include the word democracy. Yeah. yeah. That has to be on there. Yeah. That's super. Something a lot. That, yeah. That's my message. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of teachers that resonates with teachers. I, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of us feel public, like we're serving the public. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I've ever really talked with a teacher who's like worn it on their sleeve like you do, and I think that's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, that's cool. Thank you. Uh, let me look at our timer here. I know we're, oh yeah, it's time. It's time. <laughs> we're over time. Oh my gosh. Um, but this has been great. Thank you so much yes, for coming in and, and taking part and sharing your journey with us. Thank you so much for having me. That was really fun. We're done. <laughs>